I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is episode 24 of the Arts Academy podcast with Victor Barnato and Roxy Hayes. How do I stand up comedy with special guest Jim Toots? Let's talk about how to write stand-up comedy. Now, the reason that I'm actually doing this as a subject for the class today is because someone asked me, how do you write stand-up comedy? Because they want to write a six-minute stand-up comedy set. And unfortunately, I have to tell you that to teach you in about a half an hour how to write stand-up comedy is really impossible. However, (laughs) what I can do is I can break down the things I think about when I write stand-up comedy. Now, the, the thing is, I've, I've seen a lot of people teach stand-up comedy classes. Very, very, very few stand-up comedy classes are taught by stand-up comedians whom I respect, unfortunately. That's just the way it is. I mean, it's come true. on. It is true. It's 100% true. It is true. true. Like, very few. Um, and so I'm just going to break down what I actually do. And if if you don't know me as a comedian, I am a comedian. I'm a, I'm a funny comedian. I've been on Conan O'Brien. I've been on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I'm also a New Yorker cartoonist. Uh, I am confident in my ability to be funny when push comes to shove. Uh, I'm not the funniest comedian in the world, nor am I, nor am I the best known. Uh, I am a good writer because I'm also a professional writer for a lot of people. And so I'll just talk to you how I break down writing. Bear in mind, the way that I break down writing uh, comedy is that I... Uh, do it like a robot because I'm also a computer programmer. That's how I roll. Get ready because this is what we're going to talk about: how I break down writing comedy. So I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through it. And if you want to chime in at any time, Roxy or Jim, I know you're both also stand-up comedians. So if you want to chime in at any time, that's totally cool. And uh, let me know. And if you have like, uh, uh, if you have a different point of view or if you think i'm totally nuts or you're like that's a great point that's all great all right so let's talk about uh first of all let me break down jokes for you <laughs> okay jokes 99 of jokes are one or are, 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 can be boiled down to two things okay 99 of jokes can be boiled down to two things one is a setup to a surprise that's it that's 99% of jokes. A setup, you set up the audience's expectations and then you surprise them by giving them a twist or pulling the rug out from under them in some way. That is 99% of the jokes. A very good example is one of my favorite super tiny jokes, which is take my wife, please. Okay? That's a super tiny like setup and punchline, uh, which it, it, you set up. Uh, which is take my wife, where you would say, take my wife. I'm going to tell you a story about me and my wife. And then the punchline is please, which does two things, which changes the meaning of everything you've heard before. And also said, I want to get away from my wife. And and that's the surprise. So every joke is 99% of jokes are that. Okay. With where you set up an expectation, and we're going to keep going, coming back to this the setup and the surprise when we're talking about the different types of jokes. 
but I'm just telling you that 99% of jokes are that. And please trust me on this because I've spent too much time like trying to be a scientist about comedy. Um, and, <laughs> and I wouldn't suggest you try to be a scientist about comedy. It's just what I do. I'm a, I'm a person and that's, that's how I do it. Not everybody's going to do it the same way, uh, but that's how I did. Okay, so let's talk about some of the elements of comedy. Uh, when you're especially talking about stand-up comedy, when you're performing stand-up comedy, the elements that matter for me are writing, timing, and performance. Those three things are the three big pillars. Uh, your writing, your timing, and your performance, and the combination of both. And people get away with uh, being more adept in one and less adept in another. Okay, mm -hmm. like there are people who are amazing writers. There's people who are amazing performers. There's people who just have an amazing way of uh, of commanding the audience's attention and saying things just at the right time. Uh, but those three things are always paramount. Uh, so if you're going to consider writing comedy, there are uh, first of all, there are a couple of different uh, types of comedians. Uh, types of comedians I break. Uh, I break. Uh, okay. The, there's there's a lot of different types of comedians, but comedians uh, describing comedians, I usually break a lot of comedians up into their point of view and their performance type. Those and and then there are a lot of different points of view. Actually, well, actually, there's usually three different points of view, but then there's a lot of different performance types. Let's yeah. talk about the performance types first because that's mostly. That's mostly what people have already heard of, and you're familiar with performance types. Let's talk about the different performance types of comedy. How am I doing so far, Jim? Have I said anything that makes you want to punch me in the penis? Not at all. No, nope, not so far. I think you're uh, not. No, not yet. I think you're uh, you're right on track. I'm Thanks, waiting man. to hear the three different types, though. Me the too. three different types of. I want to uh, see where I go. The, the racist, three different types of uh, point of view. And what else? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's point of view. We're talking about performance oh. types first. So performance oh, right, right, types. Right. The performance types can be infinite because, like, there's performance types, and and I'm going to list a few, but there are many combinations of these performance types, and then there are also performance types which I'm not mentioning because there's no way to name all the performance types, and even some of the performance types I'm naming are kind of like subcategories of each other. But mm -hmm. here's a lot of performance type that I've seen, okay? Uh, for instance, observational comedy. That's one performance type where people are like, let's observe the world around us. Let me tell you about something that you see or something that you've experienced and then uh, try to fill you in on what I think about that or what or what, uh, or or how it can be thought about. Uh, one-liners. A lot of comics do just one-liners. Sometimes they do observational and one-liners. Like I said, they do combine. But one-liners is another type of com comedy. One-liners is a subcategory of what I call tight jokes, where people really, really just write super tight jokes. Like the wording is almost always the same every time they perform. There's people who write jokes like that all the time. And you can, you'll, I mean, you can see that a lot, especially when you see people performing on uh, several late night programs with a similar set. Often mm -hmm. their jokes will be like word for word, exactly the same because they write like super tight jokes. That's the way some people are. Uh, storytellers, people who tell stories from their lives or stories that they've heard of. Like a lot of people like will, a lot of comedians will have a beginning, middle and end to a broader story 
and I mean, and again, like I said, this can this can fold into other things, but that is a very specific type. Some comedians are just storytellers. Uh, there are prop comics. Yes, you <laughs> there you you've seen them. They're prop comics. This is this is a subcategory which I like to call stunt comedy. Now, this is because I personally look down on stunt comedy sometimes. But it's fine because everything can be done really well, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, there are prop comics who are really, really good, actually. Uh, musical comedy. There, there's a lot of uh, comics who combined their comedy with music. Uh, then, of course, there's characters, people who do a lot of character work and a lot of... And I, I put characters slash act outs in the same category uh, just because sometimes people spend uh, their time creating characters and performing characters and they do monologues or these other types of comedy from a character or a character's point of view. Also, sometimes people do act outs. That's usually like when you describe something and then you act it out so the audience can see it. Like if I was describing, sometimes I drop my phone on my foot and then earlier I did the act out of that by dropping the phone on my foot. Uh, then, of course, there are uh, there's shock comedy. Shock comedy is uh, usually when... Uh, comedians say things with the purpose of being shocking or deal with very uh, risque material on purpose. Uh, and then a lot of people deal with it in a lot of different ways. Sometimes people do shock comedy and they try to be, and they say like uh, their shock comedy is ironic. And sometimes people do shock comedy where they just like deal with risque, uh, ris risque subject matter, but then they have, a well-written explanation of why they're dealing with it. I would, I would say like even Dave Chappelle would be in this category where he's always <laughs> dealing with risque material, but usually he has something well thought out to follow it up with. Not, he doesn't just throw out risque material. Uh, uh, absurdist. Uh, there are comedians who just do just weird things, uh, <laughs> weird things or say weird things or try to surprise you with like possibly the weirdest thing that they can say. Uh, and, and uh, I that is hard. That's hardest to pin down, but often you know it when you see it. Yeah. Um, in fact, I see that my friend Emily, Emmett, I'm sorry, Emmett Montgomery is watching uh, a lot of. He can be described as absurdist sometimes. Yeah, some of the stuff that he does. Yeah, he's a great dude, Emmett Montgomery. All right, so those are those are uh, performance types. Now to talk about the point of view for me. There's usually three points of view in comedy, okay? Uh, and then those three points of view, they're the main categories, and there are a bunch of subcategories like that that uh, also are part of uh, these points of view. But here's the first one. First point of view. The world is terrible, and I'm the one with the answers, okay? That's the point of view that you see in comedy all the time. This is actually really funny. I've... I, because I, I wrote I wrote about this and, and about like the way I break down comedy years ago. And this is the first time I've ever said it in public. So it's really interesting because I'm watching Jim's face because he's a comic who I like. <laughs> and I mean Roxy's a comic too, but come on, me and Jim are much more Stephen. <laughs> But I know, but I'm watching Jim's face because I'm like because uh, I'm like, I think about comedy 
a lot okay and i break things down and jim's like a guy who i know probably does the same thing like where you have a lot yeah. of opinions on comedy and i respect a lot of your opinions so it's really interesting for me to break this down in front of you watching your face all right okay so the world is terrible and i'm the i'm the one with the answers uh that's a lot of comedy in fact a lot of times you'll see that in in where the comic is basically the quote-unquote cool person and they're like they're like uh have you ever seen a person who wears this kind of hat? Man, that's stupid. Let me tell you why. Like that's like their hey. point of view. That's not always that's not always their point of view, but sometimes it but but a lot of comedians are like I am I am the one with the answers and the world is a terrible place. All right. Uh number the, 2 the, point kind of, of view. like an untouchable observer. Yeah. They're like an untouchable observer. There's they're always like people do the, in fact uh, I would say like Bill Burr does this a lot. Like he's always yeah. the guy who's just like, he's just, just like, hey, you know what the problem is with that? That's a pretty good Bill Burr impression. <laughs> that's that's hey. pretty good. <laughs> Still mad. <laughs> okay, okay, over there. Okay, every time I, every time he walks up to me and he says, "Hey, hey, hey," I'm like, "No." Nah. Okay, so uh, then the yes. the second point of view is I am terrible. And I do not fit into this world. Okay? That's another point of view. I mean, yes, that does deal with people who are self-deprecating, but also deals with people who are just like, I'm just silly, I'm I'm weird, and uh, I'm silly, I'm weird, and the and the way that I think about things shows you that I don't necessarily fit into the world the same way you might. Uh, so when, a comic. When you say terrible, you don't mean like bad person, and I no. you just mean no. like I mean, outcast. Yeah, I don't mean like I'm a bad person. I mean just like I'm an outcast. I'm an outcast, and I don't fit into this world. I know a comedian who does a lot of humor like that. Uh, Jim Twos. Uh, <laughs> often, Jim Twos is often Jim Twos is like explaining things from his point of view, where he's just like everybody else seems to have everything figured out, but I don't have it figured out, and this is my, how I see it. And I've seen like. I've seen, in fact, what the sample joke you sent me might fit into that category. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, absolutely. And then the third point of view that uh, comedians had is look at this weird thing from this point of view. So basically just taking something, it's really where, they, where they're not examining necessarily themselves or they're not examining the, they're not examining themselves or they're not, uh, and they're they're not taking a point of view where like something is terrible in the world, but w- what they really do is they just explain something that you're all already familiar with and just kind of like flip it. Like uh, Jim Gaffigan, his hot mm-hmm. pockets bit is a very good example of that type of thing. Usually, those are the three points of view that I've seen in a comedy, uh, and I feel like I feel like it, it it's like a little bit of one or the other almost always in all jokes that I've seen. And I will say this, that if you're writing jokes, uh, the reason that I'm breaking it down like this is because when you really, when you start to understand like what you're doing when you're writing a joke, because I write ridiculous and absurd things. And sometimes, sometimes when I want to, when when I think about comedy, I think about a, a very specific way of communicating with the with the audience, and that is, I want the audience to laugh and giggle like I did the very first time I thought of a thing. So it's always about communicating that emotion that I had when I thought of that thing. So 
it, it is a combination of my writing uh, and then my performance and my timing, which is going to get the audience to giggle like I giggled when I thought of that particular thing. Like, um, uh, here's like a very like quick joke that I do. I, I when I, I usually talk about dating, and when I start talking about dating, I usually have a setup where uh, I kind of get into the fact that like I'm going to talk about dating from a guy's point of view, and then I, I but I start setting up with just like this very very simple joke where I say, uh, uh, of like, hey, I'm a I'm a guy, as you can tell by all my penises, and and so that's just how I start the joke, and it's like. And it, it is, it's not like something that's going for a hard laugh, but it's something that's like piquing the audience's attention and letting them know that I'm going to talk about being a guy, but it's not going to be um, a typical misogynist version of being a guy. I'm just talking about like, yes, I recognize that I'm a guy and have a penis, but I also am going to be silly. And so I'm just basically setting the audience up. And I didn't realize that until later when I broke down what I was doing. I was like, why is this funny? Why do I like this? And what am I getting out of this? And when I later went back and broke it down, that's what I found out. By looking through a lot of ways that I deal with writing, I was able to pinpoint, oh, what, do I get, what am I getting out of this joke? And why is it important? And then it helped me refine it later on. All right. And now, uh, so... Those things are actually all the things that I think about when I'm writing. It's basically I think about I think about what is a joke, and we talked about that very quickly. We're gonna go over. We're gonna. I'm just gonna read my notes really quick, right down the line, so we can talk about what we've covered so far. Okay, uh, what is a joke? Ninety-nine percent of jokes can be boiled down into two specific parts: a setup and a surprise. A setup. Setup takes the uh, set up an expectation for, for the audience, and then you pull the rug out from under them in some way. That's what 99% of the jokes are. Uh, very simple one take my wife, please. That's a very simple version of that joke. The elements of comedy are for me writing, timing, and performance. Those are the three main things that are always part of it. Uh, there are Comedians usually have a point of view and a performance type and, or in some combination of all of these. The performance types that I broke down are uh, observational comedian, one-liners, people who write super tight jokes, storytellers, prop comics, musical comics, uh, people who do characters and or act outs, uh, shock comedy and absurdist comedy. There are way more types, but those are those are types that I've, uh, I've broken down. Uh, then, of course, uh, comedians generally have three points of view uh, when performing on stage, and those points of view are the world is terrible, and I am the one with the answers. Uh, that's one point of view. Second point of view is I'm going to change this, actually, because of what you just said. I'm an outcast, and I do not fit into this world. Uh, and then the third point of view that comics often have is look at this weird thing from this certain point of view. All right. Now that we talked about that, let's talk about writing. But before we go into writing, uh, are there any questions out there? Because if you're watching this live or listening to this live, uh, you can hit us up in the comments and then we can respond uh, to your comments. For instance, like, look at look at this comment over here. Uh, what happened? That is Leslie, my wife. Uh, she's asking about earlier when I made the big <laughs> noise, when I dropped my phone on my foot. Um, this person is, uh, oh, Angel is paying close attention. I think that's what all those <laughs> eyes mean. <laughs> um, and uh, 
Angel says, hey. <laughs> no, hey. Says, hey. <laughs> All right. Okay, so those are those are all the things I consider when I'm writing. No, I do not go through a checklist when I'm writing. Usually I write freely first and then when I'm refining, I consider things like that. Mm-hmm. I consider these things often. All right. Uh let me uh talk about styles of writing. Like how you write jokes. How do you how do you write jokes, Roxy? Okay, I, I write in a very weird way. In fact, let me get all of my stuff so I can mm-hmm. show y'all. Okay, oh, yeah? so usually I come up with like my concepts randomly, like either like through conversation or something happens. I'm more of a storyteller, uh, I guess observational comedian, if we're uh-huh. using your thing. So something will happen, I'll write it down. I'm like, this is funny, so let me figure out like, why it's funny. So usually I'm out, so I'll put the premise in my phone, yep. and then I'll take that and write it out in this notebook so like i'll start writing it out kind of like in here like okay this is the funny parts to me this is what i think will make the joke funny then i take that (laughs) Uh and then i'll bring it into this notebook where i kind of like start fleshing it out making like charts i do like webs um i used to teach english so i kind of use a lot of the techniques from when i was an english teacher so like webs and different charts and breaking uh-huh. up like okay this is something i want to put in here and here's the characters and stuff like that then i have another notebook where i start writing out the joke all the way uh-huh. and then i'll go through that one and cross out like okay this is too much this doesn't make sense and i take right. that and i have another notebook okay where i write the joke so it's just like different notebooks for different parts of the joke and i yeah. just start fleshing it out like that yeah that's i mean I think that that is probably, I mean, especially the refining is mm-hmm. most professional comedians as part of their process is like just, just like they have a way that they generate their initial idea and then they refine, 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 refine until it's, gone. until it's what they want. Like, how do you, how do you write, Jim? Um, I carry around a note, paper notebook. Uh, I use these field notes, sad uh-huh. ones. And then I just like, I mean, when I was doing sets regularly, I would have usually like you know, one me day. before the pandemic. <laughs> RIP stand up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would I would just kind of jot stuff down as I thought of it. Uh-huh. But then every so like this is a stack of my previous field notes notebooks. So I would in the front of every notebook as I would build towards the next like album or the next like headlining set. Right. Um, I would take the idea, you know, I would write the ideas down. Then when I have a spot where I could try new stuff, I would decide which ones of those I was going to try. And I would just keep refining it to kind of go back and forth between stage and the notebook. Mm-hmm. And okay. then I, I would take when a like a chunk felt like it was really coming together. Then I would sit down and listen to tapes of it and write out mm-hmm. like the album version mm-hmm. of that chunk. And then each time I fill up a notebook, I carry over the list of the headlining set jokes, like the jokes that are working, and then uh, new jokes and new premises. So each, and then I get rid of stuff that I've tried like four or five times and is dumb. It's just not so the, in the front of each one of these is like, uh, like a set list for a headlining set usually, and then, um. A, like a couple pages of premises that I haven't 
figured anything out for yet. But I don't do any. I don't do the long form writing until the bit feels like it's there, and then that's when I start like transcribing and really like getting you know the most concise version of the joke. Mm-hmm. But I need. I'm. I definitely like Roxy. I need to like have a kind of like a filter system or you know bounce around mm-hmm. a little bit because that's how I like process what I'm writing is to like look at it again, listen to it think about it, do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then kind of just break it. I forgot to do this, too, with the note cards. What do you do? Oh, no you explain, because it's audio as well. Oh, yeah. Write the <laughs> premise, and then, like, notes. Or, like, because it's not, like, a joke yet. Has it happened to y'all, too? Like, it's like I, I want to talk about this, but I don't know what I want to talk about with this mm-hmm. at all. Like, I don't even have a premise. It's literally just, like, a couple of words. So I write them on here with the note cards. And gotcha. then I have a question for Jim real quick. So you were oh, saying you'll record and then you'll come back and like try. So you'll like think of your stuff and then you'll perform it and then you'll come back and transcribe it after you've already like performed it and kind of pieced it together instead of doing yeah. it the other way. Yeah, I, d- I go back mm-hmm. and forth. Like, okay. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll write it out a little bit. I'll have like beats. I, I But the last album that I did, I really tried to find a way because the, the album I did before this one, when I listened to it again, I was like some... Not to discourage anyone from checking it out, but I was like, some of these jokes aren't, in my opinion, are not finished. And I was like, okay, so for the next one, but you should check sure... it out and then and then send a, send him an email and tell him which ones you think are. Yeah, yeah, that, that third joke, that middle one was not done, <laughs> incomplete. So this time I was like, all right, what's the beginning, middle, and because I like more of a longer arc. To things i'm mm-hmm. better at, at that than i am at like one-liners so i, tr- I try to make sure the bit has a beginning middle and end and sometimes mm-hmm. the only way to figure that out is like to walk yourself through it and then mm-hmm. kind of review the game footage you know and see if you did see because sometimes you think like oh that part got a big laugh then you go back and listen to the tape and you're like well no it didn't <laughs> Where, <laughs> I, I guess i just felt good at that time <laughs> But then when you hear it, you're like, oh, that, I lost them, you know, with this mm-hmm. section or whatever. And you, so listening back to how it works a couple different places, I think is like very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 all. Uh, these are all like these, they're all like different parts of like how I write as well. I write in three different ways. OK, uh, the first way that I write is I will have a very basic idea maybe just a sentence and i'll go on stage and i'll improvise record that and then refine and write from the recording uh and and those sets can be pretty harsh sometimes because (laughs) when you don't have something written and you just go on stage and improvise it can go really well but it can just go absolutely nowhere Mm -hmm. i remember i was doing a set once and this woman stood up and started yelling at me in the middle of, <laughs> in the middle of the show because she was so mad. Uh, at wh- what? What were you saying? What? Like, I don't even want to go into what I was saying. Was well, like, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I was talking. <laughs> I was talking about. Uh, I was talking about this. This uh, in in Africa. Uh, by the way, trigger warning. I'm about to say the word rape, but I'm not talking about rape. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So uh, I was talking about in Africa, they have this uh, product uh, called a rape condom, 
which mm-hmm. is basically like a bear trap that women put inside themselves it so that if somebody enters without their consent it snags onto them and then and then it can only be removed by a surgeon all right mm-hmm. obviously it's something that perhaps you could talk about on stage but because i didn't have a real joke behind it yet and i was just talking about what it was she was like you can't talk about rape and i was like i'm not actually i'm just talking about this product and then she was just like no and then you know but the okay, show's yeah. over at that point uh but, <laughs> and it was it was fine i'm getting the light yeah, I'm, I'm always like, I'm always like, I actually say this about about comedy all the time because people can talk about whatever they want to. I say, but if people are upset about what you're talking about, and people are like, if people are upset about what you're talking about, and uh, they don't like it, and you're and if you're the type of person who says like, hey, it's just a joke, I'm just doing comedy. That's not enough for me. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's my job as a comedian to communicate to the audience. So if I'm gonna do something. It better be worth it. In that case, mm-hmm. me bringing up that subject wasn't worth it. She was mad, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I, you know, this, I, this yeah, is nothing I can." Yeah, you it's didn't fine. have you didn't have anywhere you were going to arrive that exactly was going to make her feel. Better. I have since yeah. written and talked about that, and it's gone absolutely great in front of an audience, and nobody's been upset. However, that time it was not. Uh, but that's one of the ways I write. I I will go on stage. I will. Uh, improvise and riff on something record that and then write from that that's also because like a lot of the a lot of how i perform is based on or how i yeah how i perform is based on like sometimes like act outs or acting and so the easiest way to get that on its feet is in front of an audience Um, another way that i write is i will write in a notebook like i'll just write just straight up jokes in a notebook, then do them on stage and then uh, riff from those jokes that I've written and then refine after that. Uh, And the third way that I usually write is uh, I'll write an essay. I'll write a a full essay on whatever subject I'm talking about. And then I will refine that down into something that can be a joke on stage uh, when I I start with a long essay. but that's, that's a great uh, way to what? do it now. That's a great way to do it now under now that we're all locked up. It's a good thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I mean I've continued to I continue to write stuff that way because I mean I also I also publish essays sometimes, so it's just natural to me to like write an essay and then refine that to bring it to the stage. Uh, yeah, I think I think like finding different taking the same premise or idea and not mm-hmm. limiting yourself to like I write it this way or I only write on stage or I only write on paper. Mm-hmm. I think finding, trying all those different things is like a way to really explore the idea to then get it to its final form. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, this is interesting. So we're at the end of this part of uh, the podcast. Uh, the second part, we're going to talk to Jim about how to plan a tour, but I just want to say that, um, when I look around and I see people talking about teaching stand-up comedy, I've never seen it broken down like I just broke it down personally. And so I hope it was helpful to people who are thinking about writing. Uh, and if it wasn't helpful or you have ideas, please let me know because I want you to get value from this and uh, hopefully you can. All right. That's the end of the first part of the podcast. 
All right. What do you think, Jim? Should I crawl into a hole? No, I think we nailed it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we pretty much nailed it. <laughs> no, I think that was a great breakdown. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I I, it's uh, And it's like, even if you're not, it's when you're starting out, it's nice to have that like framework or mm -hmm. some sort of understanding, even if, even if you don't put it to any kind of use, right. just to be able to pick out like, you know, the, the bones behind a lot of the stuff. And, and as you go along, like you figure out for yourself how you're going to do it or how other people do it and why it works for them and why yep. certain things don't work for you. But to definitely to have like, it's good to, it's good to categorize things mm -hmm. to help you learn. Yeah. I mean, it is for me, like, I mean, I, I, I categorize and break everything down like that, just everything. And that's probably why I'm just also a good, like, producer in general because yeah. I can look at something that I've never done before and I can look at it and then break it down and into pieces and figure out how to accomplish it. Make sure to visit us at artsacademypodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.